Hi. She's like, whoa. Hi. Noise comes out of that thing, and I hear a person. <laughs> Are you uh, going to be podcasting with us today? Say, so, yeah. I'm Christy Sturgill, the Director of Marketing at Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. And Matt Gleason has shared the microphone with me this week so I could record this special episode of the Mental Health Download with Michelle Han. She's a mother of two, and she shares her personal experience with postpartum depression. Lorley, Michelle's youngest, joined us for this recording, so you're gonna hear her occasionally in the background making some noise. But I can't thank the little one enough for being so patient while me and her mom had this conversation. Let's just start at the beginning. Um, so you have two kiddos and you said that your your first child, you didn't have this experience. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it was like the worst experience of my life. I was single, and that's when I found out I was pregnant. And so there was just lots of chaos, lots of what are you going to do, what are you going to do, you know, the subtle judgments. And throughout all that, I was really, like, reading up on postpartum depression because I was like, oh, man, this is awful. I'm probably going to be depressed. I better be prepared. And I never felt it. Like, I mean, you know, circumstances made me sad sometimes, but I mean, I never felt overwhelmed or anything. It was, wasn't quite like with Lorelai. So what happened with her? Um, let's talk about that. Like you were in a better life situation. Um, you, you felt like you had a lot more support around you, a lot less judgment. So maybe you weren't as concerned about having any sort of, um, Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of factors at play, and I know that to some extent, the um, like your hormones get all out of whack after having a baby, and so I had to like factor that in. But um, oh my gosh, it was there are a lot of things that you can do to help when you're you know depressed, and I felt oddly enough a lot of those things. Like, you know, normally I would take, like, you know, herbal supplements and silly things like that. But a lot of those are, you know, hormone balancers. And now that I'm married, you know, I got on birth control as soon as she was born. I didn't want Irish twins. (laughs) I didn't want to have a baby right after her. And a hormone balancer to help with your mood can counteract your birth control. And so... (laughs) you got to watch out for that sort of thing. And so a lot of the things that I would normally handle, I just couldn't handle the same way with her. They're like, you know, when I'm living with my parents, with my son, my mom's right there. I can talk to her about things. It's so important to have people there. But like with her, my husband's at work all day. Like, you know, you got to make money so we can afford things like a house <laughs> and food. <laughs> But suddenly I'm like alone all day with a screaming baby who punches me in the face. And that makes things a little different. What what was the first time you thought, wow, I feel differently this time? Like maybe I need help or 
this this is different than when I had my first child? Well, um, I was driving down the road, and I've always had this unnecessary, unrealistic fear that someone with road rage will shoot me. <laughs> I've just always had that fear when I'm driving. And I was driving down the road, and I accidentally cut someone off, and I panicked a little. I was like, oh my god, they're going to shoot me. And the first thing I felt was relief. And I, th and I thought, oh, oh no, oh no, that's not normal. We got an issue here. Um, there comes a point where I suddenly felt like maybe maybe dying would be okay and then I just start crying and it's not crying like oh my god I need help it's crying of relief of oh that's that's what I need and I'm like no that's not what I need I have a family I have to take care of there's just so much to take care of and you have so much responsibility that like you didn't have before like even with my son like let's talk about the cloth diapers for a second I've got a good wash routine down and my husband might not know how to wash the diapers so if I go who's going to take care of the diapers <laughs> and so I just feel like I'm so needed that I can't afford to die I don't have time to die but I was like I just want to sleep for like ever and I was like, oh, that's, that's probably not healthy. So that's really, that's really good that you thought, you know, I need to talk to somebody about this because that is, you know, a dangerous, life-threatening situation that you, you find yourself in. So what were the steps that you took to, to get the help you needed in that moment? Well, one of the first things I did was I actually um, got on this website called Seven Cups of Tea because it's free. <laughs> but um, So I got on a website and the thing is they ask you these very pointed questions like why do you think you need help? Like what are, what are your goals? And I was like honestly what I wrote down was something to the effect of I need to not feel like I am responsible for everything. Like if I die, this whole household will fall apart because they are so dependent on me. And I was like, well, step one, I need to not have them feel so dependent on me. Like if I'm not there, they need to be able to function without me, not because I'm gonna do anything to hurt myself, but because the stress of feeling like I am in charge of everything is what's putting me in this position in the first place. And so if I could do something about that stress, but um, if I could do something about not feeling like I am required to get everything done myself, then that right there is half the battle at getting people to be around me, to be my team. Um, I was really grateful for Mitchell because he saw the signs and like when he saw me being on um, this website to get help, he like texted my mom and he was like, I need you to try to spend more time with your daughter because she's in a bad place right now. And he turned to my son, David, and he was like, hey, David, I'm going to start teaching you how to do the dishes so that you can help mommy with the dishes. And then he started doing more of the laundry. And it was like these little things like that where he was putting in this effort to make sure that I was getting help and that I didn't feel overwhelmed. What were some of the places you went to for help? 
Well, and this is going to sound kind of sad, but, like, I have a lot of the... I feel very enabled to get help because when I was going to ORU, we had access to um, getting help. We had counselors on hand. And so it's like I have taken classes on counseling. I have done all these things. And so it's like I have essentially the rule book in my mind. It's just getting other people around me on board. And I think that was the hardest thing because when you're down, when it's hitting you strong, you can't ask for help. And that's, it's kind of like if you're, if you're bleeding out, if, if you're in a battle and someone's attacked you and, and you're down for the count, like if you're so weak that you can't call for help for the medic, like you just have to lay there and hope that the medic is coming. And so it's like, I can have all the resources on hand but when it's, when it's at that moment, when I'm, like, laying there in bed, and I can't even will myself to get out of bed to brush my hair, to help, like, take care of my kids, that's the point when I need somebody there to come alongside me and say, hey, let's do this together. And if you don't have that, it's so hard to do that on your own. What was it that helped you get from this moment where you, you say things like, I wish I could just go to sleep forever to feeling like things are getting better, feeling like you have that hope again, feeling like you're not just drowning in responsibilities and that you have the space to heal. You really have to be intentional. You have to recognize that this is killing you and you have to fight back. And I think the thing is that depression in and of itself, it's seductive. It really is seductive because it's like to feel that just, oh, sleep, that's fine. That doesn't hurt anyone. Oh, just like laying down and giving up, that's not hurting anyone. But it is because we matter so much and we don't even see it. And then if we're not there, like people really do need us there even if it's just our presence being around others and so you have to like pull yourself out of this very alluring depression that just wants to like slowly pull you down very gently and you have to fight and you have to be aggressive and it's so hard to be aggressive but it's like you have to aggressively start trying to pull yourself out enough to hold your hand out and say somebody help and if you don't fight back you get lost you get you drown you drown in it so if there's a mom listening to us have this conversation who's experiencing what you experienced what would you tell her it gets better, but it yeah. doesn't get better overnight. <laughs> and you gotta endure because after a while, the kid starts growing up and you get to see a different side of them that you're not seeing right now. Right now you're seeing this screaming baby that you have no connection with and you feel guilty. You feel so guilty like I'm supposed to connect to this child, but I don't. I'm supposed to love this child 
but where's that feeling of love I was supposed to feel? It comes, but it comes slowly, and that's okay. And it's okay to feel these feelings as long as you recognize it for what it is and as long as you're taking the steps that you can take where you are now. What are those feelings? What does postpartum depression feel like to you? A lot like guilt, a lot like you're not enough, a lot like equal parts, you have to do everything, but also everything you're doing isn't good enough. Um, like, like everything's going to fall apart if you, if you slow down for even a second. And there's this weight on your shoulders of, I have to get dinner done. I have to have the house clean. I have to have the dishes done. I have to do the laundry. I have to, I have to, I have to. And then there's also this feeling of, but it's not good enough. Everything that you're doing, it's not enough. You have to do more. You have to do more. And it's never going to be enough. And that's hard. How long was it from the moment? Give us some like time frame for how long it was from you've had your baby. All of a sudden you realized you're okay with dying to getting help to getting better. How long did that take for you? I feel like it took about a year. And she's not yet two, but I mean, like, it was probably within a month or two after she was born when I really started getting hit hard with that. Um, is there anything that you want more mothers to know um, about either postpartum depression or just society to know maybe about postpartum depression? Because I feel like more often than not, this is a very silent experience that it happens within the four walls of your home, but everybody thinks they're the only ones who have it happening to them, and they're just not. Oh, I promise you, y'all are not alone. <laughs> um, I think the hardest thing is having to remind myself your circumstances are not going to dictate this feeling inside you. Um, there are so many different factors that are going to affect it. Your hormone levels are going to affect it. Your circumstances can affect it, but that is not the only thing that's affecting it. How much help you have coming to you on a daily basis. Do you have someone coming to your house and checking up on you and helping you either physically or just sitting with you? It's, it, there's so many factors to this and you can't just say, oh, well, I have a good life, or I have money, or I have a nice house. And so you really can't go by that I have it good or I have it bad. I really can't thank you enough, Michelle, for coming on this podcast and sharing your story because I know it's going to help other moms out there who might be having similar experiences and in the process feeling a little alone. And your story helps them know that what they're feeling uh, is not only temporary, but that there's, there's resources out there that they can use to feel better. And your body and your mind, they go through many changes during and after a pregnancy. If, if you're a mom and you feel empty, emotionless, 
or sad all or most of the time for longer than two weeks during or after a pregnancy, it's time to reach out for help. For many people, finding mental health information and connecting with services is daunting. And it requires navigating a very complex network of community resources. So I encourage you to use uh, our free resource referral line, which provides one-on-one services to help you find the best referral option. And our Sunbridge program, which is a community referral resource, as well as a pro bono counseling service that will match you or a loved one with a volunteer licensed mental health professional in your area. Contact us anytime Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or leave us a voice message after hours and we'll return your call. The number is 918-585-1213. That's 918-585-1213. Thank you for listening to this episode and until next time, go do good things.